0: Algar Productions. Productions.
1: Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Episode 16, The Cape and Cowl Conspiracy and Robin's Reckoning.
0: Hi, friends! Time to Cape and Cowl conspiracy, and mm-hmm. wow, nope, nope, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, and Wrecking Robin Part One. Sure. Wrecking Robin comes with everything you see here. <laughs> there was definitely a uh, an action figure variant in the '90s, Wrecking Robin, and he's got like a like a crowbar. And... Or
2: you push the button on his back, and his fist punched out. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: But he's got to wreck things. He's got yeah. like. I don't know. Have a wrecking ball. I'm going to wreck it, Batman. Batman? Yeah. The 90s. Mm -hmm. This show is exempt, but otherwise, I don't care for the 90s. I've heard that from you several times, sir. Yeah, well, look, if you had lived through them the way I lived through them, you'd feel the same
2: way. Sure, but I didn't, so much like a certain television show, I love the 90s. Very
0: well. (laughs) Weirdly enough, I love, I love the 90s. <laughs> that is I'm weird. Co- I'm a complicated man. I don't know. I like, I like comedians saying dumb things about stuff I remember. <laughs> I remember
2: that. Thanks. Um, I,
0: I mean, they're, they're, they're funnier than that. <laughs> uh, so I love um, uh,
2: Paul of Tompkins has a bit of that where he's just like, he t- holds up a Nerf ball. Remember?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, he could make that funny.
2: Well, yeah, he's Paul Tompkins. He's great. Yes, exactly.
0: So, okay, going into this one, Mm -hmm. did you know from the title what the hell this one was? Nope.
2: And then I looked it up because to see it's like, do I know who this villain is? It's like, some gangsters are pissed off at Batman. And I go, okay, it's one of these ones.
0: Mm, Was it? it, Well, okay. In a way. Was it about gangsters, though? I mean,
2: crime guys. I guess they're not technically gangsters.
0: I think you're thinking of the second one more than, than the first one. Like I mean, there's... those
2: uh, crime guys are definitely pissed off at Robin in that one.
0: Yeah, that's true. Robin, who's been here the whole time. huh? Uh, Who says well... I haven't? <laughs> Rockin'. <laughs> Tubular. No, that would, that would have been from the 80s. Cowabunga. Yeah, there you go. I'm
2: going to ride so... my skateboard. That uh... I def- My action figure definitely
0: came with. No, no, no. It's not just a skateboard. It's a surfboard with wheels. Mm-hmm. And it's it the turn, same damn thing, but they call it w- a surfboard with wheels. And then it would turn into like a
2: motorcycle or something. Ugh.
1: God, the 90s.
2: What All a great right, time Matt.
0: to be alive. Why don't you tell us what happened in the Cape and Cowl conspiracy? All right. So, so I can stop thinking about the 90s. Worst kind of piracy is Khan's piracy.
2: Uh huh. That's from Monkey Island. That's right. All right, so a man working for the International Relief Consortium okay, is lured to a sinister miniature golf course after midnight by a mysterious riddle. Upon arrival, a slim man taunts him maliciously and traps him in quicksand, threatening him for the location of a collection of bearer bonds. Okay. This criminal mastermind can only be Batman's greatest foe and only, and only one of a few characters who have yet to appear on this cartoon, the master of puzzles and death traps himself, Josiah Wormwood, the interrogator. What, were you expecting the Riddler? No. Batman begins his hunt for Wormwood by roughing up an international con artist known only as the Baron, and also known only by his actual name, which I cannot pronounce. So he's known only as the Baron for now. (laughs) Later, the Baron contacts Wormwood. I want you to get Batman's cape and cowl for me, Wormwood. It's a cape and cowl conspiracy. You don't want me to kill him, Wormwood asks. Uh no, just the cap and cowl please. The Baron says, tucking his false nose back onto his face. <laughs> Wormwood attempts to capture Batman in a couple of different death traps, but none of them work because Batman is awesome at death traps and Wormwood kind of sucks actually. Finally, under threat of gas, Batman's greatest foe, Wormwood retrieves Batman's stylish hat and takes it to the, back to the Baron now will you tell me why you want it so badly the wormwood asks for what is like the 40th time in this episode only if you tell me where you hid the bearer buns the Baron replies that's a weird thing to ask but i'm stupid so i guess i'll tell you and then it turns out that the baron was actually batman in disguise luring wormwood out of hiding and then they fight for a while and batman finds the bearer buns and wormwood goes to prison where the riddler has him shivved <laughs>
0: Okay, so this is adapted from a uh, comic story from, and and you and I both got this vibe. It feels mm. very seventies comic.
2: It absolutely does. That was the that was the number one feeling I pulled from watching this one, and it makes sense. This one's written by Elliot S. Magan, yeah, who's a who stylizes
0: his middle initial with an exclamation.
2: Yeah, he's a classic, at least Bronze Age
0: comic writer. I'm not sure about Silver Age. Yeah, and. Both of us were talking about this, and we were trying to figure out, like, what do we mean by a 70s Batman comic? And I don't... It's hard to pin it's down, hard, but... It,
2: it, it is, but we, like, it's one of those we things... We both know it. Where, yeah. It's like it, a, a lot of Batman in shadow,
0: like, threatening people. Well, it's definitely a correction from the Batman 66 60, days. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a return to the gritty, street-level detective instead of the, the, the big, colorful supervillains, but... At the same time, it's also still a little silly.
2: Yeah, and I think the fact that it's a one off really helps too.
0: Yeah. The thing is, I like, I, I kind of like the idea of this guy. I mean, yeah, he does overlap with the Riddler a lot, mm-hmm. but, and this is your bad thing, right?
2: I mean, yeah, like, why isn't Wormwood the Riddler? They both use riddles and death traps, and Wormwood kind of looks like him. Like, was the Riddler busy this week? Well, I mean they're going
0: to do his origin very soon. Sure. We're coming up on that real real soon actually. I guess that um, must
2: be it just like
0: no because we've seen before these aren't necessarily in in a logical order. Sure. Um I I like the riddles I don't love. Like I don't like when the Riddler does that either. I think it's ridiculous that someone will give Batman a clue to where they're going to be. Like shut up and do your crime quietly. What's wrong with you? You know what I hate about the Riddler is the one thing he does. Yeah, well, well look. <laughs> I think the Riddler's pretty stupid. <laughs> I think Frank Gorshin is the only good Riddler there's been that I know of. Like, mm-hmm. I I've, I will say a million times over the course of this podcast, and I already have, that these versions of these characters are my favorites, but uh, the Riddler's the one exception. Like, yeah, he's just not very good. But um, I do like the Death Trap thing. What I think would have been interesting is if if it was just that. And like he was a was... Death Trap guy? Yeah, What what I think would be cool is like, He's the guy who makes the death traps for the other guys. Yeah, that
2: would have been really cool.
0: Like if the Joker wants to make an elaborate, you know, I don't know, laughing gas thing with a with a uh, boxing glove that sprays out at the right time like he calls this guy. Now I need I need a conveyor belt that
2: goes into a giant model of my head that's chomping its teeth up and down. Can you pull that you, together?
0: Yes, I mean, I, I can. It's, it, it's going to be very expensive. That's not a that's
2: not a problem, I guess. <laughs>
0: I've just got money with my face on it. You'll take that, right? <laughs>
2: I mean, honestly, if I'm taking a job for the Joker, I'm probably gonna die anyway. So
0: mm-hmm. that's so this right. Guy was, this guy had—he sounded to me like uh, Saint Cloud from Venture Brothers. Yes, he, he, he's voice. Hello, it's a uh, but. Oh Kork, boy, girly Max, famous for a few things. But, uh, Buffy's own Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's he's famous for a few things. Um, uh, the movie Harold and Maude and some mm-hmm. other stuff, but uh, he will go on to play the Toy Man in Superman later.
2: That's pretty good casting. Well, he's this, got it, a this, great suit,
0: of creepy voice. That's
2: the thing. I love his voice so much that I'm like, I must have heard this before. And I have, like, I looked it up, and I have no idea who this guy is.
0: Mm-hmm. But, like, no, yeah, I...
2: I love that, like, that just, like, yes, yeah, I'm going to kill Batman and steal his hat.
0: Well, you and that hat. Mm-hmm. It's not a hat. It's a mask. It's
2: part of a hat. It. Uh, <sighs> It's a piece we're not going to get into this goes hat- on his head. Like what more we're, do you want from me?
0: We're not going to have this hat argument again, damn it.
2: <laughs> the Adventures of Hatman.
0: Ugh, terrible. <laughs> I do like that at one point some broken glass, like Batman's delicately making his way across some broken glass and you went glass. <laughs> that was very good. Um, I but I again, I like the idea of a guy who builds elaborate death traps. Like mm-hmm. usually they just have them and I don't care where they come from. It doesn't matter, but it is it a cool thing an... to sort of dig into. Yeah, it's like later on in this in this series we'll get uh like the guy who fixes the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I like that there's an infrastructure in place and it feels like the supervillains would have that as well. Yeah. And this is just my headcanon, but I feel like this guy is that guy, but he's he's not. Probably what happened is Elliot S. Magan like w- wrote a Riddler story and they said sorry, the Riddler's dead or he's in another story or whatever. You can't mm-hmm. use him right now. Yeah. And so he's like, "Uh, "Fine, I'll just make it a guy who's exactly uh, the same."
2: This guy, and his name is the Interrogator.
0: Cool, we (laughs) love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But while we're talking about who uh, who does the voices, we'll just do our. Hey, it's that guy, Uh, John Rhys Davies was uh, was the Baron. John Rhys Davies, rich baritone, this sort of thing, and he's doing the the Russian accent on top of that. It's very good. Uh I love I I love this guy. I spent yep. the
2: entire episode just like, I have to kill Batman. Also, I am Batman.
0: Yep. Also, I mean, that kind of leads into your good thing, doesn't it? Uh-huh.
2: I didn't remember anything about this episode. Like, I'm sure I saw it back when I was a kid, and I'm sure I was so bored by its lack of supervillains that I tuned it the hell out to read a book.
0: Yeah. I mean, I often think that about episodes like this. Mm-hmm. Like, who who is this for? Because, like, I liked it. Oh, yeah, I liked it now,
2: like, but I definitely, like, just tuned this one out when I was a kid.
0: Which is weird, because the Death Traps feel like they'd be a draw. Like, it, like seeing Batman having to work his way out of complicated, you know, like, I mean, there's fucking quicksand in here. What, what do kids love more in an adventure show than quicksand? I mean, you'd think, but, like,
2: at this point, I'd seen live-action Batman escape from about 8 trillion Death Traps, so, like...
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. There's not a whole were... lot
2: going on here, and those at least had the Joker in them.
0: Those were colorful and more elaborate, which is weird because they were live action. You'd yeah, think right. The colorful, more elaborate ones would be in the cartoon. Yeah, but, no, uh... the
2: that show was much more, much more cartoony than anything in this episode.
0: Well, except maybe the Baron's that... accident. That's because this episode is a 70s comic. Yep. Which everyone knows what that means now. Mm-hmm. But um.
2: So what that meant was that the reveal that Batman was actually the Baron for almost the entire episode
0: mm-hmm. uh, is a great fucking reveal. Yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, I happened to watch the episode after you, so I looked at your notes. So, mm. like, that spoiled me, and I should not read your notes if I don't want spoilers. That's on me. Sure. But I wouldn't have seen it coming either.
2: But, like, and, like, the bi- the bits where he's just, like, like he's Batman's just all in shadow and just threatening. This guy is so yep. awesome.
0: Yep. At one point though, Batman, like before he takes his place, I think mm-hmm. it has to be because Batman and the Baron are in the same scene. Yes. Uh, He, he swoops in while he's at a public event mm-hmm. and like, swings in on a line and grabs him and takes him out to be tortured and everyone at the event is just laughing and clapping like it's the best thing they've ever seen and like wow Gotham is really desensitized to this already so like the Baron is like
2: he's a con artist basically like yeah from the little that you know about him in the episode like I I feel like he does this kind of thing a lot where he sort of ingratiates himself as like a quote-unquote
0: rich foreign guy (laughs) Yeah, there's there's definitely a I, I, I'm sure they exist in real life too, but in terms of like uh, heist movies or maybe not heist mm. movies, but like con movies for sure. That, that person who seems rich but doesn't have a dime and manages yeah. to sort of like do the rich person version of couch surfing and just mm-hmm. live off other people's money for his entire life. He seems like that kind of guy. Yeah. Sometimes they become president. <sighs> That's not exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. These people are usually not high profile people. Sure. They're usually like just the the friend of a rich person who gets to sleep in their house and eat all their stuff, but mm. doesn't have a dime.
2: But um, I was basically waiting for once Batman like be- kicked his ass a little. Like he did, like he it would turn out he didn't actually have an accent. It was just like yeah, Batman, uh, mm-hmm. how dare you break Hello. up my uh, mm-hmm. public speech? Whatever the fuck I was doing in there,
0: it was a gala. No, it was for the international Relief consortium, yes oh. of course,
2: the international Relief consortium. How dare
0: i second only to the peregrinators club <laughs> as the uh the, international the top...
2: Relief Consortium wishes they were the peregrinators club
0: no, but those are those are the big two those mm-hmm. are the those are the top two like uh movers and shakers the upper in echelons
2: the, uh... of Gotham society
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, like anybody who's anybody is part of one or both of them if you're in both of them then you you're fucking oh, man yeah. Another two years in the International Relief Consortium, and I can graduate up to a, pe- to a full-on peregrinator. Yeah, but, but you want to keep both memberships going. Well, of course. Because like, there's there's unique things about each circle that, that the other one doesn't have. Like, but
2: the peregrinators, that's where the real money is. Then you get access to all of their temples.
0: Yeah, but have you ever tried the Dom Perignon at the peregrinators club? It's terrible. <laughs> the Dom Perignon Grenader? They're. Uh... Their wine guy, fuck. This bit is falling apart. I can't remember what you call that guy who picks the wine.
2: <laughs> Their wine guy fucks. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it's all, it's all worthless. It's I all crumbling around, around, down around us. What do you call that guy? I don't know.
0: Uh, he's a the the uh, guy that the recommends the wine. Sommelier. Oh, is
2: yeah. I, I yeah, I never would have know figured that one out, man.
0: Um, uh, what's his name from Parks and Rec did it for Tom Haverford's restaurant? Uh, oh, uh, Craig. I'm pretty sure it's sommelier. Just the, yeah. the guy who tastes the wine and decides what wine to have and like mm. what food it goes with. I mean, look, I agree that that exists, but I couldn't tell you mm. what it was called. I mean, I, I remember the melancholier. That's that's who you call at a hotel when you want to be sad. That's uh-huh. a John Hodgman joke. <laughs> it's pretty good. Melancholier. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, right. We're talking about this. Episode. Uh, yeah, Batman. Got a little off track there. The Peregrinators will do that to you. They sure will. Um, okay, so my good thing, Mm -hmm. at at one point during the wax death trap, which, by the way, Matt and I both thought it would have been much cooler if the the giant lamp melted all the wax and filled the room with wax so that Batman choked on wax. That would have been amazing, but that's not what happened. Uh, He tries to throw his belt at the giant halogen lamp, or as Wormwood calls it, halogen. (laughs) That doesn't work, but then Batman gets it in his craw, or his cowl, I guess, to keep trying to keep trying that tactic like six more times, he just keeps throwing his belt at stuff. (laughs) Maybe this time. uh, uh. But then one of the times when it doesn't work, he gives this amazing Jim from the office deadpan reaction. Like, well, I don't know what I thought was going to (laughs) happen. And it's a, it's a split second bit of animation, but it's just one of those great, perfect body language, perfect face. Just like, well, now I've tried everything and nothing works. Mm -hmm. Fuck. It it really made me actually laugh out loud. It was very good.
2: I I like the idea that he thought that he would take his belt off and throw it and it would be a cool Batman thing, but it just keeps not working.
0: No, and like the animation of it just like ineffectually donking off of every (laughs) donk thud. I should get a heavier belt. Mm. Then I'd have to wear a heavy belt all the time, though. Hmm. I don't care for this. Yeah, I'm going to work this one out. Wait, if
2: if I lose the cowl... And keep the belt.
0: Or the hat. As I'll you just
2: wear my, wear, I'll wear my small mask.
0: Okay. So when he's disguised as the Baron. Yes. Wearing, wearing his bearded, like heavier European guy mm-hmm. face. Is that a hat? No, that's a mask. But the thing that goes over his face is not a mask.
2: No, that's a hat.
0: Okay. It's a mask now, what about on a the...
2: hat on a hat.
0: Now, what about the other one? Because he also, at one point when he finally surrenders his cape and cowl, he's got a Zorro mask at the ready because he knows this, was, this is a possibility I might have to take this off so I still need to cover my face.
2: Oh, that's even more of a hat than his other hat.
0: Really? So the ears make it less of a hat?
2: Yes, they make it less of a hat, but it's still a hat. The hat is
0: the, the, the true hat is the Zorro um, mask. Okay. But then, if it didn't go over his eyes, would it be more or less of a hat? What about the hat that Zorro wears? Does <laughs> Zorro wear two hats? No, Zorro wears a, because Zorro wears a flat brimmed, like uh, uh, sort of uh, Mexican style cowboy hat. Yes, he does. Uh, and he then can also, also a wear the
2: Zorro mask. Or the uh, he also does wears a Ninja Turtles mask sometimes.
0: Right, but which you refer to as a hat. So the Ninja Turtles
2: two... mask is not a hat. The uh, the one that goes over his head is a hat. If it goes over the top of your head, it's a hat.
0: I'm pretty sure Zorro's wearing, like, his mask always goes over the top of his head, but then he puts a hat on top of that so you can't see the top of the mask.
2: That might that might be true. But so if, then he's wearing it, two hats? But if that's the case, then he's wearing two hats.
0: So it's a hat on a hat. Yes. Which we all know from comedy is the best thing. Yes. It's not. <sighs> the ship is terrible. <laughs> but I, I do like the Zoro mask thing. I do like, he was prepared, mm-hmm. and he's like, if I gotta take my mask off, fuck that. I'm not showing sure my face. Come well, on. I mean, to, of course, to, there to this guy,
2: he knew this was going to happen. Like, well, yeah, but he didn't know exactly how it was going to happen. I'm, I'm probably going to have to take my my hat off, so I'll wear a different <laughs> hat underneath. Uh-huh. Very good, sir. I shall get you a different hat. Make it a Zorro hat. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want the big Zorro hat or the small Zorro hat? The small Zorro hat, obviously. The big Zorro hat won't fit under my hat. Come on, Alfred. Get your head in the game. This shit's get, not hard. Get your, for God get your hat sake. in the game. How long
0: have we been doing this? Twelve years? I have no idea, sir. Uh, according to the next episode, at least seven. Mm-hmm. Also, the whole time we're talking about hats, Jervis Tetch is just sitting over there furiously masturbating. <laughs> heard you, Ooh, are I
1: heard we talking you talking about hats. I heard
2: Ooh. you guys were talking about hats in here. Stop
0: it. I, I mean, at least he's not thinking about Alice anymore. I mean, that's, that's true. Something. If it's just hats, well. You do you, man. Mm-hmm. You're not hurting anybody. I mean, he ruined that perfectly good hat, but... Uh... Yeah, you know, according to you, Gotham's got a lot of hats. It does. Also, it's perpetually 1946, mm-hmm. so all the men so... are wearing hats all the time anyway. Yep.
2: It's a real hat uh... party here in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a two-hats
0: party. I don't like your hat. <laughs> How many times have we said the word hat in this episode so far?
2: I mean, definitely more than what we than we did the Mad Hatter episode, so...
0: The Madison Hattison episode, uh-huh. I think. It was. Madison, Hattison, da 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 da
2: Now he's gonna jerk off in a hat.
0: Oh, boy. See, I was just saying furiously masturbating, then. You had to put a hat on a hat and make it worse. Mm-hmm.
2: Unfortunately, that's not my joke. That's from a Gail Simone comic.
0: Oh, well, where see, that makes it better <laughs> again. Where he fucks a hat. See... I thought we were being creepy dudes, but mm-hmm. now that you've brought like a a, a writer who was a lady into it, mm-hmm. that makes it okay again. Like, yeah. Nope. 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 A woman wrote that. We're yep. good. She did it first. <laughs> uh, so my bad thing. Mm-hmm. Jim Gordon is particularly ineffectual this oh, time. Oh yeah. He felt almost Batman sixty six Gordon dumb. Just like what could it mean, Cape Crusader? <laughs> Just
2: like
0: counting on Batman to solve every like. Okay, Jim. Maybe maybe riddles aren't your thing. Not everyone like processes information the yeah. same way. Maybe you're good at putting clues together, but riddles are just not. But any someone in like I don't know. Maybe Bullock's good at that. Maybe that's the one thing he's good at.
2: Sorry, maybe I do it across
0: Maybe Montoya. Maybe mm-hmm. like uh, some other cop that exists. Maybe a th-
2: a third cop we couldn't think of.
0: Uh huh. I mean, we have one detective, one uniformed cop, and. Mm-hmm. The rest.
2: This is when Chief O'Hara comes in. Well, well, look who's back!
0: Oh, faith and go. Yeah, okay. Noted riddle solver, Chief O'Hara, who often would try to call Batman with the glass case that goes over the phone because he was just so incredibly stupid. <laughs> Hello, Batman. Oh, he's not answering, Commissioner.
2: Who knows what will happen if we, if someday we pick up that that glass case and no one answers?
0: Uh, Chief, you know that's the cover to the phone. The phone's the part that looks like a phone. What? This
2: is all news to me. <sighs> Chief. Wait, hang on. I wrote it down. Uh, let's see here. Clancy O'Hara.
0: Clancy O'Shaughnessy O'Flanahay oh, 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 O'Hara. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gordon's like just real. And, and. Like to the point where they animated, and they must have had the A animation team on this because I noticed a lot of just little expressions and stuff yep. that I don't always. It's a notice. really
2: good looking episode for such a weird villain.
0: I like him though. Like, yeah. p- okay, putting aside that, yeah, he does, he does like occupy exactly the same space as the Riddler. Mm. It's still a fun episode. Oh it's yeah, still, it's interesting. It's fun to watch. It's it's got a twist that neither of us saw coming. Mm-hmm. Like it's
2: pretty good that's a good episode and it's weird that like i have like no one ever talks about this one well it's not an
0: amazing like it's not going to be in our top 10 when no we're, but when it's we're like
2: it's a good it's a good batman episode you know yeah it's a
0: good straight straightforward batman fights a guy who tries to outsmart him episode
2: and i mean i guess if you like you know if this is just one of your mediocre episodes in a in a show that's like as good as this show is like i guess that makes sense
0: yeah but it's still i would say like on a scale of one to ten it's at least a six. Oh yeah Maybe more. I mean, it beats like the shit out of the out of Christmas with the Joker. Yeah, and like as as one off villain, like if we were if we were rating sort of like categories of episodes, this might be the best one off villain episode so far.
2: I mean, definitely, yeah.
0: Because uh, they they've struggled with that. Like we've you know we've ragged on it like crazy because mm-hmm. they've been terrible, like Boss Biggs and and uh, Nostromos. The, the Sewer King, Nostromo's and the Sewer King, <laughs> but like.
2: Where's that team-up episode, by the way? I want to see that, like, in the third season of of this series. All all the shitty one-off guys get together.
0: I mean, I always liked the name Inferior 5. I know it's already taken. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They're not the Doom Patrol. They're, like, the... I don't know. They're the Dumb Patrol. Well, I was going to say that, and then, like, that was the most recent episode of Doom Patrol was called Dumb Patrol. Oh, that's right. That was a good episode. That's actually what... Gordon reminded me of was uh, those guys like being stupid hmm <laughs> yeah that's a good idea
2: <laughs> I love just getting off on a tangent here by the way Green I Patrol, love the best show I love, on television right now I love dumb Larry so much yes he's so he's so excited just to get out and do stuff
0: I think just taking away all his self-loathing like yeah he's having fun yeah no I took a screenshot of him making the little heart with his hands and I'm gonna be using very that one a good. lot yeah, oh, that show's so good. Yep, and it's not completely unrelated because it is a DC show, mm-hmm. and it had a couple of references to the uh, Harley Quinn show this week, actually. Oh yeah, I must have so missed that. Was that. Cool. Yeah, no, I I posted a screenshot of it. Oh, there's a there's a book that has a like uh, a bunch of cover oh. blurb reviews, and one of them was Hell yeah, kite man.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which was very good. Uh anything else about this one? Um. I think that's everything I got. Every time, notes. every time the guy said he wanted Batman's cape and cowl, I was just thinking, uh,
2: Crest on Birdman's helmet!
0: <laughs> uh, let the me
2: X uh, the Eliminator? play my quote. My yeah, what do you got? Uh, this is just a weird thing that fucking someone says at some point.
0: Sorry, you won't find me in there. However, you will find a trap! Yeah, it jumped out at me too, the delivery on that. Is like baffling. Mm. I mean it's great, but baffling. Oh. Yes.
2: Last thing. Uh huh. When uh the second time Wormwood escapes and and Batman fails to throw his belt effectively,
0: there's a mm-hmm. shot
2: of there's a, just a shot of like a close up of Batman's face and he just goes,
0: Yeah, it's a very Hulk moment. Yeah. <laughs> and at, at one point I thought, wait, did he switch places with the Baron? Is that John Reese Davies doing his like guttural growling. Nope. Urgh! Urgh! Batman smash.
1: <laughs> Fire bad!
0: <laughs> also at the end, this this fucking like wormwood wormwood uh fights like duels Batman, mm-hmm. like uh fucking uh a mock time style. Yep. With with some like big uh weights like barbells. Yep. Like what okay? You're a little scrawn job who's good at riddles. Mm-hmm. Probably big old muscly 6'4", 250 pounds all muscle Batman is probably going to be better at you at swinging weights than you. See, this is why I much
2: prefer, like, right when Batman reveals himself and he's just pissing his pants terrified. Like, yeah. like, I love that just, like, once all of his fucking, like, all of his, like, death traps and his riddles and shit are gone, he's just a scrawny loser who's about to get the shit kicked out of
0: him. Yeah, but... I, what made him think he could like outstrength Batman? Like it, yeah. the only shot he's got is outsmarting him, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But but I could see I could see a case for that. But but trying to trying to beat him in a like a phys- any kind of physical contest whatsoever. What, yeah. What the? F- come on, man. What's the p-
2: Batman should be like really. What's the what's what's your uh, what's your plan here exactly? <laughs> this is well like I'm the- gonna hit you
0: with this weight, um. This room's full of them. I can I can parry with this one with one hand. You know what? I'm just going to... Uh, give me the handcuffs. I'll put them on. Here. Yeah. This is like when the penguin tried to punch me. Just
2: sad. <laughs> At least he's got an umbrella that's also a gun. What do you have?
0: No, I kicked that out of his hand. He, he tried to punch me. <laughs> so sad. Whack. Whack. <laughs> so impotent. All right. Uh... You ready to push forward yes all right so once again the show has found itself uh uh splitting up the two parters every time with this it just it just that's the way they fall in the order yeah. most of the time we got one or two where we get to cover them at the same time but I I don't I don't hate that actually like mm. I kind of like doing it this way because we end up with short episodes if we do it the other way because it's just one story yeah but this way we always find more to talk about so Here we go with Robin's Reckoning, part one. Batman is stalking some superstitious and cowardly types, you know what I mean, at a construction site. And this particular time he remembered that Robin exists, so Robin is also here. And with Justice League New Frontier still fresh in my mind, have we mentioned we're reviewing those straight to video movies for our Patreon donors? Stay tuned for details. I'm reminded that part of the point of Robin was to soften Batman's terrifying image a bit. So naturally the two of them torture these goons within inches of their lives. One of the goons buckles under the positively Jonathan Archerian levels of torture and gives up the name of his boss. Billy Marin, a.k.a. Cheech Marin, a.k.a. Tommy Chong, a.k.a. Tommy Toon, a.k.a. Charlie the Tuna, a.k.a. Uncle Charlie from My Three Sons, a.k.a. Grunkle Stan, a.k.a. Stan Marsh the Darsh, a.k.a. 1968 Dodge Dart, a.k.a. Objet d'Art, a.k.a. Artie Bucco, a.k.a. Tony Zuko. Tony Zuko, the man who killed Robin's parents, of course! Batman pretends he doesn't know any of this and goes off on a mysterious solo mission. But Robin eventually works all this out and pouts at Alfred for a while because I wanted to kill that guy and now Batman's going to do it instead. I never get to kill anybody I want to kill. Great job softening that bat image, dick. Then we're treated, question marks, to some flashbacks to a circus, which seriously supports the theory that this show doesn't take place in modern times because people still seem to think the circus is a good time, which means video games clearly haven't been invented yet. A mobster named Tony Zuko, aka Tony Zuko, hey, it's years ago, he's just starting out. A guy's got to earn all those aliases, <clears throat> is roughing up the ringmaster for protection money because if there's one business that's definitely in need of protection, it's the one that's only in town for a few days and employs very strong people to handle all that heavy equipment, as well as literal strong men, and also several people who can handle dangerous animals. Zuko, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> The Ringmaster, for his part, says basically the same thing, so we're all pretty surprised when Zuko delivers on his threats and murders the Flying Graysons, a beloved family of celebrity acrobats. Yeah, so seriously, this show takes place in, like, the 1820s, right? Before fun was invented? He missed one Grayson, though, 10-year-old Dick, who saw everything and is ready to spill it all to the cops. Damn it, Tony, this is what happens when you don't follow through and murder the children, too. You gotta murder children! Have we mentioned recently how much kids love this show? Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne, who was in the audience and just watched two more parents get murdered, sees some kind of connection to young Dick, which is just insane, and offers to buy him. But then he throws him in a room and mostly forgets about him and counts on Alfred to feed and clean him, so it actually does feel more like buy than adopt to me. That's not even a joke. Back in the present, Robin is still pretty pissed off about his unresolved revenge boner and rides off on his little motorcycle to take care of the Zuko problem himself. To be continued! (laughs) Ah, so, this is pretty good. Yeah, I actually really like this one. Yeah. Like, um, I'm not a huge fan of Robin, generally speaking. And, right, you know, there's plenty of room for jokes here. Sure. But there's a lot of pretty complex emotional stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Here, this is a story that's real easy to, like, to soften the edges of or to, mm. to like, to make it more kid-friendly. And they didn't. They, like, they sure didn't. Like, th- we see, like, we don't see them fall and we don't see blood or bones or whatever. But, like... We see the trapeze snap. Like, it's very artful. It's a and pretty
2: brutal scene, you know? We
0: watch Dick's face as his parents die. Fall and... to
2: their deaths and die.
0: Yeah, in a in a in pla- in the one place they thought they were completely safe, mm-hmm. that he was raised for ten years thinking, like, this looks hard to other people, but I know how to do this. No one dies up here. Come on. And, like, now they're dead. I don't get it. My family
2: is so good at trapezing that we're called the Flying Graysons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People think we literally have the power of flight, which is the thing in this world we mm-hmm. live in. <laughs> no, it it just it's like there's a lot, and it's not just that, but like that's the that's the sort of centerpiece of mm-hmm. it. But there's a lot of really good like raw emotional stuff here. Oh yeah, and uh, you do your good thing first, but mine kind of builds on yours. All
2: right, I really like the flashbacks to Kid Robin, especially mm-hmm. Bruce's speech with him after Zuko gets away. Like Bruce. Actually trying to step up and be an actual father figure rather than some rich dude who just happens to be Batman, but he can't tell you that part
0: Bruce has this great gentle voice when he's dealing with young Dick that we haven't heard before, mm-hmm. which is genuinely good like it's you know it's fun to make fun it's, of it and we and yeah. we will, but it's some really good acting from Kevin Conroy he's trying to be gen like he's not putting on the Bruce act anymore. Well, it's, this is him summoning some compassion and really trying yeah, to
2: help it's bruce being like not batman but also
0: not bruce wayne man about town no this is like and this bruce will go away yeah but th- this is him like oh my god you just went through basically the same thing i did a, mm-hmm. a, like a criminal killed my parents too not in front of an audience but it was still rough yeah like like let, let me help and yeah you know i joke about him adopting him and then stuffing him away somewhere but <laughs> i mean but, it it definitely feels like that to start like but his, see that that's what i like mm-hmm. go
2: ahead his his first thought like bruce's first thought is i need to put this kid somewhere safe and i do like that like
0: yeah because the uh gordon and we get young gordon who looks a lot like uh, uh year one gordon which is a nice touch mm-hmm. and we see um bullock as a uniformed officer bullock in nice his touch.
2: uniform is very good <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I don't even think he says anything, but no, hey, we know who that guy is. Um, But uh, he even says the kid's a material witness to a murder, which, uh, of course, kids know what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So Bruce is like, well, uh, I got someplace safe.
2: Yeah. I I like that. No one will think to look for him on a cliff 30 miles out
0: of town. I don't know. An old lady can run up there. It's probably not that hard for, like, a gangster.
2: Oh, Bruce, did you adopt a boy?
0: (laughs) Yes, Maggie. (laughs) Thank you, Maggie. I'm going to go fuck Alfred later. Yes, I know. That's great. Keep it down. We have a boy here now. Look, I'm I'm very happy you two are happy and active, but also you don't have to tell me about it. (sighs) But my good thing kind of builds on what you're saying. I specifically like how emotionally stunted Bruce is. There's some real subtle, real good stuff here. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, he is genuinely compassionate. He's moved by what happened. He wants to help, but he's chasing down Zuko in the flashbacks and Alfred has this, this fantastic scene where he says, maybe you should actually spend some time with that poor kid whose parents were just murdered. You you moved him up to this big, scary, empty house and I'm doing my best to comfort him, but maybe you could go up there and yeah. be his fake dad. And, and, and Bruce's answer is everything you need to know about this character. He's mm-hmm. like, but I'm tracking down the killer. I am helping. Yeah. Like, that's how he expresses love. Mm-hmm. He's trying to oh it's so good yeah i love it that's one of those moments where it's like god you nailed this character this is what he's always going to be about mm-hmm. is this work of mine is so important that it's consumed everything and this is how I this is the only way i know this is why the only people i've had extended relationships with like catwoman or, or talia are, are people in this life yeah and it's the only reason like i i have never made any friends and like Ah, so good. And it's why it makes
2: so much sense for him to bring this kid into it. Like, I yep. don't know exactly how they make him Robin. We haven't gotten to that part yet,
0: but like... We may not, actually, because I read that they didn't get as many flashbacks in part two as they wanted. So hopefully they don't skip it entirely, but we'll see. But it's such an obvious
2: evolution to be like, you know, well, you're in the family now. Guess what this family does.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's like... That's, that, that's an extension of what I'm talking about. hmm It's like... The only way Bruce knows how to show acceptance mm-hmm. is to say, "You can be like a little Batman, your own self."
2: Yeah, we'll get you a costume.
0: At like what? Maybe he wow. could stay.
2: Maybe he could stay in the cave, sir, and you know, put the but tires I, on the Batmobile or something. I no, no. appreciate.
0: I appreciate that all of this stuff must be very delightful for a child. You can you could let him play on the in the obstacle course, but nope, he's going out on the streets with me. Get him a cape. And a really bright Ugh. costume, so he stands out. Yeah, he's the target, not me. Mm-hmm. I've definitely read that take. That might have been Frank Miller. I, re- I don't remember.
2: I remember there was a they did a Batman '89 uh, parody of uh, on Tiny Toons, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Hampton the Pig was called Decoy, uh-huh.
0: which is pretty good. <laughs> yep. I mean, but there's, you know, there's, there's other good takes on it too. There's like the, the whole Bucky theory, which is like, you think, you think he's the whimsical one, mm-hmm. but really he's the one fucking cutting your brake lines while you, while Batman's punching you. Yep. Um, but, uh, that going back to that moment you were talking about where Bruce is talking to, uh, Dick right after, right after his parents are dead. Yes. Uh, Bruce, Tim specifically said that scene makes him cry every time he watches it.
2: Yeah. It's really good.
0: Like, like, but I mean, but he made it like yeah. he's seen it a hundred times. And he said at a, at a con recently, I believe that it still does. Oh, wow. It it moves him that much. It's like he's not desensitized to it after all this time. And he made the thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just that's that's really cool to me. Yeah. And yeah, it's like their relationship. Again, so easy to fuck this up.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, like, you know, we keep getting back to it. Bruce is not good at. Any kind of normal parenting, yeah. But they lean into that.
0: What I'm mm. saying is, like, there's a there's there's so many ways to write this wrong. Yeah, where it feels, you know, creepy and kid touchy, which definitely is very easy trap to fall into. And yeah. everyone loved making those cheap jokes, and you need to avoid those at all costs. Yeah, and uh, it's also just like, okay, but Robin is a dumb idea. How do you make that fit the tone of this show? And mm. they made it work. Yeah.
2: But it's it's more like I can see sort of how this goes bad as we get into, like, Batman Beyond and everything.
0: Well, even before that. Yeah. When we get into the new Batman adventures and he's Nightwing, like, Mm -hmm. the the seeds of that are are here already. Yeah. And uh, really, this kind of leads into my bad thing. This will probably be the last time we bring this up. But, okay, Dick is supposed to be 10 in those flashbacks, and he's in college now. So, like... Even if he went to college young, and as it happens, I graduated high school at 17, not because I was smart or anything, I was just young, so he, he could be 17. Mm. That means Robin's been around for at least seven years. Apart from his three appearances in the previous 30 episodes, we've had no indication of this, which we've already discussed at length. It, it's particularly relevant here because this episode ends with Robin disobeying Batman in a vague threat that he may be Robin no more, like puts the, puts the costume in the sure. can and all that. Which would have been so much more effective if he if it had come after 30 episodes of knowing who he is and how big of a part of Batman's life he's been. Like, he doesn't need to be in every episode, but every now and then, if we mention he's a student at the university when the action takes us there or maybe pan past his room or when we're in stately Wayne Manor or something like thinking about it, I think this story would have worked perfectly as the thing that drove Dick away to become Nightwing. Yeah, it
2: absolutely would be.
0: Because this, this wedge between... The, we don't even know anything about this relationship, and there's already this big wedge between yeah. them. And it would have been better to establish it, and then this Tony Zuko thing would be like, well, fuck you, I'll go off on my own then. I don't need you to tell me when I can fight crime. I'm a grown-up. Yeah. And like it's way too early for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that could have been an interesting thing to do. And I don't know if we ever get that. I think we just jump ahead and he's Nightwing.
2: Yeah. It's too bad, too, just because it's like... <laughs> Like, it's a really, it would be a really cool way to bring that character in, you know? Or that, not character, but...
0: Yeah, that change. Yeah. I I mean, all of that said, we've been talking about how well-established the relationship was in in the flashbacks, and it is. Like, Mm -hmm. they do a good job. If this were his first appearance, it's excellent. Because we see how close they're trying to be in the past so that it it still works. Mm -hmm. It just would have worked better if Robin had been hanging out for a while.
2: Well, and I also like... The, the bit when there's the stakeout at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like it's <laughs> Dick's being annoying, but like Bruce in that cli- way you expect Robin to be no- annoying, exactly. But like Bruce clearly likes having him there.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a little smirk every now and then. Yeah,
2: and he, he like he's a little he's slightly more jokey than he normally is. Just like yeah, he, I like he, Robin having that effect on him. Yep.
0: No, and and I like because. The Batman action stuff we see when he's going after Zuko is very silent and lurking in the shadows, like, way more than he is now. Yeah. And I don't know if it's intentional, but my read on that is, like, that was before Dick was in his life. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, uh, like Dick had a, had a good influence on him and made him less, you know, less broody and less just, like, a looming, horrifying yeah. threat and more of a just, like, trying to help s- stop crime, you it's... know?
2: It's a thing I really enjoy that like Morrison
0: gets into a lot in his
2: uh, in his Batman run, which the 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 deal with Grant Morrison's run is that all eighty years of Batman history all happened. Yep. And one of the things I really like is just having Robin around really lightens Batman as a character. Mm-hmm. And once he sort of drives him away, like as he gets older and sort of becomes his own person, like that's when everything kind of gets dark again.
0: Yeah, and that's like it's... how it happens in this continuity Exactly. Too. And when we find out in Return of the Joker what happened with with Batgirl and Tim, yeah. like okay, th- specific things happen, but also Bruce drove them away. Yeah, and I feel like once Alfred died, that was it. Yeah, he lost, he severed all his connections to humanity as a whole. It's just like we're done. I'm gonna live in a cave with a dog. But we know we know how this giant story goes. But right now we're at the beginning of that. Like mm-hmm. we're flashing back to the earliest parts of that where he still got his compassion and his humanity and his connections and this is the first big important one after alfred yeah and it's very good it's it's handled extremely well it really is like those again we've said this before but like those those early scenes those are just so touching those first few scenes with with uh uh, bruce and dick because Mm -hmm. that's essential if you're laying the groundwork for this relationship you got to get that right and they fucking nailed it it's very very good yeah um i like what an idiot Tony Zuko is. Oh yeah, man. Like I said this in my summary, but it's true. Like he's he's not good at
2: this. Well, and like the fact, like the fact that he gets kicked out of the mob for just running shitty like extortions that no- like that no one told him to do this.
0: No, it's like I mean, if The Sopranos is any indication, I assume this happens a lot. Where like. The the young guys coming up are trying to prove themselves and do something bold, but they're just idiots.
2: Well, and there's also that mystique of like, man, I'm in the mafia. I'm
0: awesome. Yeah, anyone will, like everyone's got to respect me, or you know, I was like, the no, whole you're way still to the weight of the family's going to come down on them. You're still just a dumb idiot, you know. There is a great connection, and I forgot his name, but the guy, the mobster from that episode where uh, Batman, uh, like his 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 kids addicted to drugs, and uh, oh, uh, Stromwell. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, is it Stromwell? I think so. Strom- I was thinking Stromberg, but Stromwell sounds more right. Anyway, Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but yeah, regardless, nice bit of continuity there. Sure. He's, uh, 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 Zuko's his nephew. Yes. So that's his connection. It's not just like there's a million unrelated mob guys here. There's like two or there's three big families. There's a
2: million unrelated not mob guys in the naked city. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why is this city so naked? I need to give
2: people more hats. <laughs> Maybe that's why there's so many mob guys in
0: it. Could be. Well, they've all got hats. Yes. But only hats. Right. They're the naked mafia. Hats and Tommy guns. hmm But I like whenever we meet a mob guy, more often than not, they're connected to one of the big families. It's it's uh, Stromwell or it's um uh, uh, fake kingpin guy. Mm-hmm. Why am I not thinking of his name? Rupert Thorne. Thank you, Rupert Thorne. Or I think there's like one other one. But it's not just like every time they, they start from scratch and invent a new guy. It's like, it all feels connected, and I like that. Yeah. And we got a, an appearance by that guy, which is, which was cool. You dumb um, idiot. Uh, slap, slap, slap. You're fired from the mafia. Is that a thing you can do? Yeah, get out. Do, don't I get two weeks notice? Don't I get, like, uh, you know, uh, severance pay? I don't get it. Most of the time when you fuck up in the mafia, if they don't kill you, they make you go to Sicily for two years. Don't I get to go to <laughs> Sicily for two years? No, you <laughs> idiot. You don't get anything. So here's a wonderful Hey, It's That Guy. Mm -hmm. Tony Zuko is Thomas F. Wilson, uh, TV's Biff. Yep, Biff from Back to the Future. Biff Tannen. Yep. Uh, But not only that, he's clearly doing a John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever impression. Because that guy's name was Zuko. I think Tony Zuko, actually.
2: Uh, Yeah. So, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know anything about Greece. It's not Grease, it's Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. There's a different... The other dancing John
0: Travolta. (laughs) Yeah, but one's like 50s Greasers, and one's like um, uh, Disco. Like, it's a very different aesthetic. But Isn't there a Zuko in Grease, too? Maybe it was his Grease name, actually, now that I think of it. Or maybe it was a combination of his names from Saturday Night Fever, and it's something like that. That would be weird,
2: because Tony Zuko, the character, has been around since the 40s. Like, he was in Robin's original origin.
0: Yeah, but that could still be, like... Or possibly Lou Moxon. They're just being, wait, Moxon? Moxon. Okay. That's, I don't know why, but that name threw me for a loop. Also a mob guy from old Batman comics. Huh, all right. No, I mean, there's definitely been writers who come after who try to like, oh, you know what, this is clever, I can Mm -hmm. tie it into this, even though it wasn't there originally. Yeah. So it might have been that. Or it might have been him and Andrew Romano working out the voice and him saying, well, Zuko. That's like that's like uh, John Travolta. I could do a John Travolta. How about that?
2: That's fine, I suppose. <laughs> it's also weird because he sounds like I re- like the voice is very distinct to me because it's the voice he used when he was Biff on the Back to the Future
0: animated series. Yeah, where he's sort of dialing up the cartoonish of Biff. Yeah, exactly, you butthead. Yeah. Like he would show up at the end of the episode to tell jokes. hmm Ugh. No, he's a he's a great, yeah. Yet another great, just like distinctive voice. Yeah, also, very I really distinctive. Like, I really like the kid. Well, well your reaction was, um, "What's wrong with his voice?" <laughs> yeah,
2: I was watching this you with Mal with his voice, and I, just as I was thinking, "What's wrong with this guy's voice?" She went, "What's wrong with this
0: guy's voice?" What do you mean, wrong with it? It's and then, a then I great go- voice, and then I go, "Is that Biff?" It is Biff. It is. But but why? Like, it really should have tipped you off when he told him to get a safe, right? <laughs> but um the best are, back to the future joke there is those are those are those are the deep cuts folks uh huh no i what's wrong with his voice is a great voice <laughs> why would you think something's wrong with i him? don't know weird reaction i guys. like
2: thomas thomas wilson
0: yeah i feel bad that he's one of those guys who got typecast yeah and he seems to have come to terms with it over the years mm-hmm. but you know he's kind of kind of stuck for a while there yeah but much like mark hamill he at least found something of an outlet doing voice work so mm-hmm. that's cool. Um but I was going to say I also really like the kid playing Robin and this is the first like in-depth look we've gotten at him. Yeah. Like he's appeared in a handful of episodes but this is the first like you know we're getting in his head. We're figuring mm. out what he's all about and uh in the flashbacks they have like a a, a kid sounding kid but I like the I like the guy they have in modern times. Yeah. Like he he sounds like sort of a petulant teenager but he's got some acting range and,
2: and it's very good. Yeah. This is not uh... my favorite uh, Robin, but, uh... It's pretty which good. is your favorite Robin? I mean, not, like, just in terms of which Robin. I like, I like Nightwing quite a bit, but, like, I mm-hmm. like him in the comics.
0: Yeah. No, Nightwing in this is, like, intentionally, like, kind of douchey. Like yeah. Like, I just got out of college and I don't have to do what Dad says anymore. Yeah. I no, don't I, want your money, Bruce. I can handle it on my own. Yeah.
2: No, I like Dick Grayson as the guy who's friends with literally everybody
0: in the DC universe. <laughs> See, that's a great take, but I like I like someone who bruce wayne slash batman's poor like he's not he's not cut out to be a father and this is the first good illustration we see of that yeah this is one that like grew up with him for 10 years and look how he turned out uh-huh. tim
2: get out while you can yeah seriously like l- look who came before you like yeah dick was bad jason was worse well i mean there's I guess no jason, jason never shows world, up in this yeah thankfully he is in the uh, the new Batman uh, the animated series comic they're
0: doing now. Huh. I don't know how that's working, but uh, he's in there. I I mean, there's a lot of undocumented time. Sure. Like the timeline uh, after. Well, no shit. It would have to be between Dick and Tim because when like that's we how we know he works. How, well, no, no. We know how Tim's story ends. Mm-hmm. And Not I well. doubt he'd. I I doubt he'd be out looking for another Robin after that. Yeah. Right. It's my point. Like, he's probably done with Robbins after, after Return of the Joker stuff happened, mm-hmm. so it would have had to be in between the two. But regardless, it's written by the guys who, who made the show, so I'm sure they gave it some thought. Yeah. Jason Todd sucks. He does suck. I'm glad I called that number to kill him. I'd do it again. <laughs> yeah. That is like, when I list my accomplishments at the end of my life, <laughs> like, you know, accomplished podcaster was one eight-thousandth of the uh, the force that killed Robin. Yep. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. I mean, there's others, but, you mm. know.
2: Yep. I oh. J- Jason's so fucking bad.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna steal
2: your hubcaps. Have I talked about this? I always thought, like, bringing him back as a villain was a really good idea, but, like, all they want to do is make him, like, Batman's friend who you- who shoots people. <sighs> and, like, that is so... Like it just doesn't work for any of the characters to just be all like, and yeah, and then one of the guys in the Batman family is the Punisher.
0: Yeah, no, Batman would have no patience. Like for that. that's bad, guys. Also, he trained the guy personally, so he would take it. Like, not only would he not approve, he would take it as a personal insult. Yeah, that's
2: why he works. So, he would work so bad as a as a villain. Yeah. Like a a guy out there killing people that Batman trained. That's a good character. Yeah. Like this is
0: the opposite of what I taught you. What is wrong with you? Yeah. But also, it. I mean. I could be wrong, Mm -hmm. but it feels like they're just going for the Bucky vibe there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, because, you know, Bucky didn't come back forever, Mm -hmm. and then he finally did, and he was like a dark version of Captain America. Well,
2: yeah, but then they still, like, they made him a good guy, too, and it works. Like, you can Mm -hmm. go read fucking Winter Soldier comics now. Yeah, I know,
0: but that's probably because of the movies. Yeah. But early on when they brought him back, it was, you know, like, that was the the idea, I think, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? I mean you read them more well, than he, me. he was I...
2: a, He was a bad guy for the first year and then they fixed his brainwashing.
0: And then he was Captain America when Captain America died. Right. But he didn't die, he was shot with a time bullet. He was shot with a time bullet. Uh-huh. And weirdly enough, bringing it back to Batman wasn't didn't basically the same thing happen exactly to Batman? Exactly the that time? same thing happened. When Batman... Dick became Batman, Batman yeah, yeah. was shot
2: with a time gun? Batman was shot with the Omega effect, which has the same the same effect as the ta- as a time bullet oh, and sent him God. back in time. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It timed him back in comics.
0: Time. It doesn't bother me in comics like it does in Star Trek, because in Star Trek, just a thing will be made out of time, and mm-hmm. I'll just yell at my TV. But in this, it's like, yeah, yeah that's probably made out of time.
2: Well, that's comics fucking... just uh, just as a medium are stupid, so like...
0: Yeah, but this, this show, this whole universe, this whole animated universe, mm. like manages to cobble together serious stories about mobsters facing the consequences of their actions and also like i don't know soup made out of time oh my time soup Mm. i could use more precision in my (laughs) time parsley sage rosemary and time soup oh yeah yeah that's it (laughs) you've successfully put a hat on a hat put a hat on that hat Uh uh-huh uh what else uh what else that's about all I have. Yeah, because, I don't have a whole you
2: know, lot of notes on this one. I really liked it, but uh,
0: yeah, like I said, there's so many ways to fuck up a Robin story, but I think they really nailed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen part two already. I know they're not gonna like mess it up. Like yeah. it's just gonna be more of the same. So I'm excited.
2: The uh, the big fight on the girder, like on the half finished building, just made me think like a baby and a dog were gonna run
0: by. <laughs> Like, the baby would almost definitely look like he's going to crawl off the edge, and then at the last possible second, another girder would just float by.
2: Yeah. And, like, Batman and Robin are trying to beat beat up the mobsters, but Batman, Robin, and the mobsters are also trying to make sure the baby and the dog don't die.
0: Uh-huh. Catching a bunch of bricks falling from a higher level
2: and just all, all of that. Robin's stuck between two girders while the baby walks across his back.
0: This is this is such a crystal clear aesthetic, just like a 70s Batman comic. Yeah, Exactly. It's just perfectly formed, and it's not just like one Popeye cartoon. There's dozens of cartoons mm-hmm. like this, and at least one video game. Yep. All right. And uh, the movie and it... Baby's Day Out. Uh oh yeah, I didn't see that, but I'm aware of it. I mean, you didn't see it, but you know exactly what it's about. Yeah, I worked in a video store when it was around, mm-hmm. so like people talked about it. <laughs> that was the big buzz that summer. <laughs> the summer of Baby's Day Out. I'll oh never yeah, forget that. <laughs> Uh, all right, anything else? I think that's everything I got. Okay, my quote yes. is wildly out of context when, uh, when Batman's looking for Zuko, and boy, it sure sounds like he wants to kiss him. I've come for your nephew, Tony Zuko. You can't just barge in here making demands. I want him bad, will. Real bad. <laughs> that's all. I want him. I want him real bad. Okay kissing. You could probably take a dozen quotes from the two of us talking about Dick in this whole episode mm-hmm. out of context as well. So, I mean, I Maybe love I, Dick. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I mean, the show is better for having Dick in it, for sure. Yeah. Like, without Dick, it wasn't nearly as good. But bringing Dick, Dick
2: in, that was the real that was the real... Uh...
0: Yeah. We all love Dick. Mm-hmm. Is, is the take? Every one here. of us. Mm-hmm. K- Dick, can, Dick can be kind of a jerk sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we still like them. Yeah. All right. That's all for this time. So, as I very skillfully mentioned in my summary, Mm -hmm. we have a Patreon. And on that Patreon, on a monthly basis, we are reviewing all of the DC direct-to-video animated movies. Yes. We have already now dropped uh, the first one, Superman Doomsday, for Mm -hmm. which we very much did not care. No. No. Uh, but we just recorded, this won't be dropping till August, but we were trying to get a little ahead, Uh, one for New Frontier, as I mentioned, and yeah. we love that one. So, you know, it's a real mixed bag over there, but a mm. uh, lot, of, lot of great stuff. Basically the same show you're getting here, only with, like, additional content, and yeah. those episodes are the same length, we do summaries, like, it's all... It, we're not half-assing it. Like, yeah, it's just
2: an, it, it's an, it's like another episode of the show, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. And those come out monthly. Uh, I have changed the structure of the Patreon. It always didn't sit well with me that like if you can't afford it, you can't get the good stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I know that's how capitalism works. But uh, me and capitalism are not on speaking terms. Yeah, right we're not now. we're not friends. Like we could use the money. Mm-hmm. What we use the money for, by the way, is uh, paying the various contributors to our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh when there's money left over paying for things like copies of superman doomsday cuz mm-hmm. you know we don't own those um so it's <laughs> it's not why like would we <laughs> it's not like you're giving us a bunch of money anyway most yeah. of it goes to the people contributing to these shows mm-hmm. uh but regardless of what level you contribute at you get everything now uh basically it's a pay pay what you can take what you want mm-hmm. so like you will get uh, but these bonus episodes I'm talking about uh, our, our Star Trek fanfic show Endeavor, we're doing shorts So you get mm-hmm. a 5-10 minute episode Of that every month uh, The Death of Podcasts that I do with Amanda Where we we reviewed uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld series We're done with that Like, I think we're up to episode 25 publicly But if you want to hear us just review the entire series Plus two additional Terry Pratchett books mm-hmm. Donate a dollar And yeah. you can hear all of it It's all done so uh, that's that a lot up. of
2: that's a lot of value for a buck,
0: Yeah. Or five or, or ten. five. Like, yeah, if you, like if, if you can afford more, if you want to give more, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is I, I hate locking that stuff off because like you can't like you can't afford it. Just just show a little support. Just yeah, push a little it. love our way so we can pay our people. Yeah. And we will give you bonus content. You also get when possible early access to the show. It's it's uh, not always possible that I can get everything edited and put put up. early enough there's very little
2: time between when we record and when the episode is out
0: technically the show drops monday i put it out sunday night because Mm. people like people we know in faraway time zones are like i like to listen to this at work can you please put it up so like you know but uh, yeah uh and and for endeavor sometimes we try to get it up early sometimes it's a complicated edit and it takes a while but we we do try Mm -hmm. but there is bonus content so there's that all right uh that's at patreon.com slash algar or you can follow the link at KidsLoveBatman.com, which is our website uh if you want to email us it is kids podcast at gmail mm-hmm. we are on twitter at algar at robot Matt. uh next week we are doing robin's reckoning part two and and the other one uh oh fuck uh that, that second episode the, the oh other... the laughing oh the laughing fish Oh, we may have a guest for that one someone has requested a guest spot I have not confirmed with them yet but uh, Mm. we we may be speaking to a new guest Mm. next week so look forward to that or not but that's all for this time yeah see ya folks
1: for more information about this show and the people who make it visit kidslovebatman.com to provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.